0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 1030 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. My goal today is this. Again, just as last week, my goal was not to motivate you. Today, this is not to motivate you. This is really to inform us and then for us to take action and make whatever changes we need to. And so, kind of going to wrap in parenting and relationships all together today. And and how many know we could preach on parenting every single Sunday for the rest of our life and still not learn everything we need to know how to be good parents, right? Yeah, you know? And, And so, like, I ended last week, I said, some situations cannot be solved through a sermon point. Some situations, and I ended this last week, and I want to begin this message today, is that we have to go after Jesus. We have to constantly be in love with Jesus. I love this new song this morning. I love it because it's about Him. It's not about what I need. It's coming into worship and going, what can I give you? What can I offer to you? How can I love you? And I think when we realize that we have parenting situations, we have relational situations that that are all across the board, we have to constantly surrender that to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Okay, so uh, I know there are some things that I, there's just some things I can't prepare you for parenting. How many parents out there, just round of applause, something happened with your kids and, and you weren't prepared for it? Okay, whoever's not clapping right now is not yet a parent, alright? So, if you're not a parent here today, I, want, I don't want you to tune out, I want you to realize that you're a child, and at the same time, there's other people that you get to help. In fact, next week, one of my favorite things, we're doing baby dedications, and we commit to them as a church, going, hey, we're going to pray and be behind you and behind your parents. Um, but here's some of my... Uh, favorite things that I read here this last week about parents who were never prepped for these situations. Here's the first. Uh, Today, we asked my three-year-old cousin how much he weighs. Three-year-old cousin. He said, you know, about 50 squirrels. 50? All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just... How many know kids just say, like, the strangest things sometimes? I love this. This is... I love this one. My five-year-old son asked, what if we place a slice of turkey in the dvd player and it played a movie about the turkey's whole life what do you say to that i'd be like all right you know as long as it's a vhs we'll do it um here's the next one what did you do at school today i asked my five-year-old said we learned about dragons me i said your class learned about dragons Five-year-old said, "Well, I learned about dragons. I don't know what everybody else was doing." <laughs> I love that. And this, this, uh, <laughs> two more. Um, this one's probably my favorite of all of them. I said, "Who got pee on the floor?" My five-year-old. Wait, did you say the floor or the wall? Me, the floor. Five-year-old. Oh, not me then. <laughs> Here's the last one. <laughs> This one you got to think about, okay? My, my daughter, not my daughter, somebody else. My daughter just ruined Toy Story forever. She said if one of the toys died, Andy went no, and he'd carry on playing with its corpse. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's deep, man. That's deep. Um, let me preface this this morning. And I want to say this very cautiously because we say at the church here a lot that kids are the focal point of our church. We don't ever want them to be undervalued. Um, They are really the focus of what we do, what we plan for. You know, we're kind of like a giant youth group for adults on Sunday mornings, all right? And so we want kids to be able to sit in here and be like, man, I got something out of the message. You know, he was talking about marriage and I still learned something. That's what we desire. And yet we have kids' classes and all of that. But thinking of parenting... Thinking of family, this is key. And don't chastise me on this, but just listen. Kids are not the focal point of the family; they are a part of it. Two, three, four, four amens. Okay, kids are not the focal point of your family; they're a part of it. Okay, you have to realize that you have a choice to make. They can come in and be the center of attention, and I can tell you right now that is not going to go well for them. All right. But if you go, hey, we've got our structure, we've got our plan, we, you know, you're a part of this now, so welcome, we're going to get you involved, that's much better. There's researchers upon researchers that have shown that. And as you as a parent, you want to take care of your kids, you want to love them. The biggest inheritance you can leave for your child is not financial, okay? It's not going, man, I want to wait and we're going to go through FPUs so I can leave this big inheritance for my kids. That's not the biggest inheritance you can leave them. It's your time. It's your encouragement. It's your coaching, etc. There's, there's all that they need you. They want you. Oh, I got teenagers. I don't think they. Oh, they do. They do. I can guarantee they do. You know, even some of mine right now are shaking their head. No, I'm good. All right. No, they, they don't know that they need you still. But even in your age, whether you're thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, you still love your mom and dad. You still maybe you don't have the greatest relationship with them. You wish you did. So be the parent you wish your parent was to you, right? Right? So let me give you a few more thoughts on parenting this morning. Here's the first. If you desire your kids to serve Christ, you serve him first. Okay? You want them to serve Christ? Serve him first. Man, I got kids now, so guess what, Pastor Chris? We're coming to church. I hear that all the time. Well, we got to give my kids religion. Well, they're going to hate religion just like you did, you know? No, what, they want relationship. They want to see you having a relationship with Jesus. Just like the song said, man, and I'll, sometimes for us guys, it's uncomfortable being in love with Jesus. You know, sometimes there's, I love things about Jesus, or I love Jesus, but then there's being in love with Jesus, man, and that's like the most intimate thing. When your kids see that and they experience that, then this expectation changes and they go, man, I can do that because I saw my mom and dad doing that your kids matter to God, so man, they better matter to you. And so you want them to have a relationship with Jesus? You got to have one first. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, it says this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with what? All. How much of it? All. Some of your heart. No, all of your heart. And with some of your soul. No, all of your soul. And with just a little bit of your mind, right? all of your mind all your mind all your soul like everything we're supposed to love Jesus yeah yeah well I never went through catechism I wasn't confirmed I wasn't baptized I'm not filled with the spirit and speaking the tongues yet blah 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 blah. I don't care do you love Jesus? do you you love Jesus? and it's not a simple yes or no we can look at our life and go well we, we can find out if we do or if we don't if we want our kids to we have to in what way do we display that to our kids? You know, it's tough as a pastor because, you know what? My kids go, Dad, I have heard you speak so many times now. So for me to go into the room and say, kid, pick it up, you know, I got to be so careful with our relationship. So I need to make sure I'm in love with Jesus, not just, hey, clean up your room. Hey, put the phone away. Hey, do this. Blah, 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 blah. So we have to display the love we have for Jesus with our kids. How do you do it? I can't get up here and say this is exactly how to do it because it's going to be different for your situation than my situation. Maybe it's spending time. There's times where I'm exhausted and we have, we love at our house, we all love it, we have a ping pong table. Anybody love ping pong, man? We love ping in our in our house. And I have to tell you, I went through a state of depression this year because I have three of my five kids have beaten me now in ping pong, man. That's like the worst. And what happens? You as a parent, when your kid beats you in ping pong, what do you do? You play until you beat them back, right? That's only love in Jesus' name. I might be up really late and tonight playing one of them. I'll tell you what, man. We've got to realize, though, that Jesus wants us to display. Sometimes it's not through our words, it's through our actions. It's showing them that we're in love with Jesus. It's displaying that. It's honoring Jesus in front of them. At the same, if you're not a parent, let me just say this. It's not just the fact that God loves our kids, but God loves people. And so if God loves people, so should we. We should be that example to people all the time. You know, you ever met somebody with a disgruntled face in our community? If you haven't, you don't live here. I do all the time, and every time I do. Even this morning, the, early this morning, I was at the gym, man. And I'm like, I'm there, and somebody walked in, and it was my goal before I left because I knew they worked for the city to see them crack a smile before they did. And I got it, you know? And it's like, but just, I'm not there going, do you know Jesus? Let me give you a track. Let me tell you about Jesus. I'm not going to be some crazy psycho weirdo. I'm just going to demonstrate that I am in love with Jesus and my life surrounds it. Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I'm even a father or a husband. It's because I'm a man that loves Jesus and I know who Jesus is and I'm going to give my life and serve Him in it no matter what I do because it's about what He did and who He is, not about what I do. It's about what He gave, not what I give. It's about His sacrifice, not my sacrifice. It's about His offering. It's not about my offering. It's about the fact that He is completely in love with me when I'm not even in love with myself. Can I hear a good amen? Is anyone awake this morning? Come on. All right. Here we go. Number two. If you desire your kids to be pure you got to be pure first. Well, I want my kids to not deal or struggle with fill in the blank. You have to guard your mind today in this culture against junk like you never before. And has a kid ever said to you, Mom, Dad, you don't understand. Any of your kids ever said that to you? Yeah? Here's the truth. They're right. None of us as parents have lived through the culture they are in at their age. None of us. So we can empathize, we can meet with them, but the filter and the garbage that they see is nothing compared to what you and I grew up with at all. They're the I generation. They've, they've grown up with the internet. They've seen everything. They fingertips any sin any crud that they want within two seconds they can find well we have a filter on our phone if you're that naive as a parent to not think that your teenagers know how to get around your filter you need to talk to me later well we check in on them all the time if you you don't think your teenager is smart enough to figure out the software that they can download instantly from the app store and figure out how to do that then we need to talk later if you're living in a naive world time to wake up sister okay like here's the deal your kids are so stinking smart man Okay, they're going to take this next generation. I mean, they're, they're going to take our world to this next level. And here's why. They're multitasking at levels that you and I never have. They're connected in ways that we never have. And that's all good. But the problem is they're so ingrained into stuff that you and I go, okay, how do I help them? How do I do this? And, and you might see things that are going, hey, that's, that's not really living for Christ. You get in and say, hey, you've got to live for Christ. You've got to be pure not going to hold up unless they're watching you and they're observing you being pure. And guess what? You might break a little sometime. Maybe you're struggling with alcoholism. Maybe you're struggling with a drug addiction. Maybe you're struggling with pornography. I don't know. But you know what? To just pretend like you, don't, like you got it all figured out is not going to help them. To show them that you're victorious and that you are pure and you're continuing to bring it back to Christ will. Guess what? Their kids' BS meter today is bigger than ever. They know if you're being authentic or not. And so it's not going to do anybody any good pretending like you got it all together. Can I hear a good amen? Amen. Okay? You've got to be pure first. Once, want a scary fact? Here it is. Once your child has a smartphone in hand, you essentially lose all control as a parent. Whoa, no, we check in on it. We, we have Wi-Fi controlled. I'm sorry. Once the smartphone is in your kid's hand, you essentially lose all control as a parent and you're entrusting them. And so be ready. Right. The average age that somebody gets a smartphone today is 10.2. Okay? That's the average age. My kids who are in here right now, your average will be older than that. I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry. Proverbs 15, 14, it says, A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Are you a wise, are you a wise parent? Are you hungry for the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of good and evil? Are you, are you hungry for the word? There's three types of mental food that we feed ourselves with constantly. There's good food. Okay, it's the food that builds up constantly. It encourages. Then there's, there's junk food. Okay? It's not poison per se, but it doesn't benefit. Sometimes it can be TV or you know, millions of YouTube videos. And then there's toxic food. You know, that can be pornography. That can be occult stuff or witchcraft. It can be stuff that you're feeding your soul and not even realizing it. You, know, and you think about social media. Where, do, where does that fit in? This is such a huge thing. This is one, one thing that I haven't gotten to yet that people ask me to talk about. And I'm not going to give you a bunch of do's and don'ts and apps to look at and all that because honestly, by next Sunday, it's going to have changed. Okay? So you're going to have to do your homework on that. But let me just give you some social media stuff. And sometimes it's good food. Sometimes it's junk food. And sometimes it's toxic food. You know, you take social media and sometimes it's great because, man, they appear confident online. My kids look, you know, they, they know how to do this better than I do. Our kids don't know what it's like to be offline. Technology conveniently buffers and brokers their relationships and it feeds their loneliness. And this toxic comparison, though, what it does is it can bring shallow meaning to their lives. If you're not adding value to your children, they're trying to find that value somewhere else. You need to display it in purity. You need to display it. You know, uh, this comes out of The Atlantic. This is their quote. It says, it's not an exaggeration to describe the I generation as being on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Much of this deterioration can be traced to the smartphone. Okay? Not here to, like, scare you or be like, the world's coming to end because the smartphone exists. And so let's look at this because there's always hope. There's always hope. Everybody say, say to the person next to you, there is always hope. All right? So what do we do? What do we do? Here's what we do. Bible says to pray continuously. No, I thought just Sunday morning for an hour we pray. No, no. Pray without ceasing, continuously, all the time. And what does that look like? Does that look like, oh, I've got to go sit down, i got to, you know, I have, you know, I'm a pastor, so there's probably some people, you know, that don't, that don't know me, that think I go home and, you know, I don't have a real dinner table, I just have a pew that sits there and, and I have a kneeler that I do and we've got an incense thing and I wear a collar around, you know, like... Seriously, some of the questions I get in the public school, man, I tell you what, no one has a clue what I do. And so I, I get there, and when I get home, and when I'm on my, in my car, when I'm at the gym, when I'm out fishing, with, all the time I'm conversing with God because I want to keep Him on the forefront of my mind. Constantly. That is communication with Him. That's prayer. Not like, oh, we've got to go and we got to have our little 15-20 minute prayer time, and now we're good. Oh, Pastor Chris said we're going to pray and fast for 21 days. I did it, so now I'm good. No, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't, maybe some of you are called to pray and fast longer. I don't know. I don't know. When you do this, it will constantly keep you aware that God is always with you, and he'll keep that filter on you of being pure. It stays there. Number three, Ever say number three. If you expect your kids to learn, you've got to learn first. Keep learning. How many are done learning? One person. All right. Um, The moment you stop learning, you start dying. The moment you stop learning, you start dying. You got to constantly be learning. This is the message version. I love the version here. It's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. It says, Wise men and women are always learning. Wise men and women are what? I was learning. And they're doing what? They're always, for what? Fresh insights. I was constantly, constantly. How? How do we do this? Well, really, most of this is through relationships, through reading. You know, your life will largely be influenced by the books you read and the people that you meet, people you hang out with. They're going to influence who you are. Learn the right questions you want to ask. Spend time with people smarter than you. You know, I, I've said this before. If you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room, Okay? Go to another room. Like our Bible study on Wednesday night, half of the class that we have, and everyone's always welcome there at Deeper, half that class could outlead theological circles to me anytime. And it's fun to do that. I learn stuff just as much as I'm bringing the class together as I am from learning from them. Now, the other thing is this. How many parents here have ever made a mistake? Yeah. (laughs) Your parent. You've made one. You've made mistakes. You have these beautiful kids. And then sometimes your anger gets you. Sometimes you say things you regret. Sometimes you do things you regret. You listen to things I said last week. And, and some of it feels like I'm not, I'm not doing any of this. And what I want to say is, is this. Be okay with making those mistakes. Learn from them. Share your mistakes. Allow the people around you to learn from them. Number four, do you expect your kids to use their imagination? you got to use yours first. You remember using your imagination? You remember what that was like when you were like two or three? You know what it was for me? I had the coolest car ever, and it was a Hot Wheels car. The coolest car that ever existed on the face of the planet. To this day, my favorite. And and I played with it all the time. In fact, I would take it, and I would go and... and uh, you know, I'd go out, and, and I'd be one of the brothers, and the other guy would be the other brother, and we'd take this little orange car, and had a little, had a Confederate flag on top of it, and, and uh, I would take it in the sandbox, and, and we'd play with it, and we'd imagine that we were in the General Lee, and we were jumping the, how many remember the General Lee? If you don't remember the General Lee, you don't even know cars. And I, I would jump it, and we'd get it all messy, and we'd have fun with, and we'd use our imagination like we were there, and you know, and then we'd have like the little white jeep that we had, and we'd had the, you know, the, the evil cops were chasing us, and we had this whole thing. We just we'd use our imagination. Now I'm 40. I don't sit in the sandbox anymore and imagine like that. Okay, I don't do that. If you do, then you know probably got other issues we got to talk about. Okay. Um, but are you showing them how to dream still? You know, depending on the age, you're, are you playing house with them? Are you dressing up like the Marvel superhero? Are you playing the games with them? Are you, are you kind of dorking out? Okay, it's okay to do that. It's okay. You know, are you showing them that you haven't given up on your dream? Or have you? Or maybe one of the worst things of all is, did you stop dreaming? I've met a lot of people lately. that are going, I don't know what my dream is. I don't have a dream. Well, I believe God wants you to. You know, my, my current dream, just to share this with all of you, involves every single one of you. You know, th- this, is, this is a dream that God put on my heart. Not for me, not for, for Heather, and, and really it was to see people come to a relationship with Jesus, to have a life-giving church in this community. I mean, we're going on 10 years, and that's, that's incredible. You know, this, we have more people today at the intro dinner coming than we've ever had before. And, and we, have, we have every single chair that we own right now out, <laughs> okay? And so here's what I'm, I want you to know. Like, we're, we're having conversations right now. I've had conversations with two different people this week about going, you know, what do we do? We're a little bit at max capacity. And you might be like, well, there's room next to me. I still got room in the seat next to me. We do today. Last week we didn't. And last week we ran out of room in our, our kids department. And so we're trying to, and I don't know if you've tried to go down that hallway when you pick up your kids after church. I didn't lose weight to be healthy. I lose weight so I could walk here, all right? No. And so how many know that these are great problems, though? And so now it's dreaming. I'm dreaming right now. I'm going, God, can we expand this wall that way? Can we expand this wall that way? What would we do with it? How could we redo this? Are we, do we need to get the building in a place where we can sell it because we need to buy a building that's twice as big as ours? Like, these are the dreams. And I tell you what, you know how much fun it is to think about that and to dream that and to know that God's not through with us yet and I believe that God's going to do something in and through us and I get to just sit back and be a part of that. But I have to continue to dream and put that in front because God's called me to do that. God has called you like the parent that you are to do the same thing, to put the dreams that God has in your heart. Your kids want to see you dream for your dream, man. It motivates them. It inspires them. You're coaching them and you're showing that. It says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Let me just say this. If your thoughts and and dreams are not bigger than what you can accomplish, then why do you need God? If you can accomplish everything you're thinking of, you don't need God to help you. I would encourage you to think bigger. Dream bigger. But what if it never happens? It's not about the accomplishment or the destination of the dream. It's about the journey and the idea of it go after that. Be okay with that. God cannot help you reach your goals if you don't have any. God can't help fill and fulfill your dreams if you're not dreaming. God cannot exceed your expectations if you have none. Can't! You can't do it! I thought God can do everything. Well, He can! But that's something He won't do. Have the expectations and then watch God just destroy them in a great way. Last thing here, right here. If you desire your kids to be victorious, you be victorious. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five. "For though we live in a world we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. See, Paul's talking about a mental battle. Every word in this scripture is tied to the mind. The focus is to take every thought captive, like you're capturing a hill, like you're taking the hill in a war. That's re- literally what he's saying here. i got two minutes left. Stay with me. Don't, don't lose me right now. Between 2012 and 2015, so this is already a couple of years ago, and I'm sure the stat has gone higher. This comes out of uh, Twinge, page 110. In three years, depression among boys rose 21%, teenagers, 15 to 19, and depression among girls rose 50%. The upticks are reflected in suicide rates. After declining during the 1990s and stabilizing in the early 2000s, the suicide rate for teens has risen. 46% more 15 to 19-year-olds committed suicide in 2015 than in 2007, and two and a half times more 12 to 14-year-olds committed suicide. Church is needed. Parents are needed. You know, it was about a year and a half ago. Um, Derek and I had the morning off, and uh, received a call from when Troy was the superintendent still. And now we have Beth here, and she's great as well. And Troy called me, and he said... Uh, um, what are you doing right now? And I just thought he was calling the chit-chat, so I you know, sh- shot the breeze for a minute. He said, could you and Derek round up a couple of pastors and could you guys come up here? And I said, what's going on, man? And he goes, we just had a, a young boy take his life. I said, oh my gosh. And I said, we'll be right there. Derek and I dropped everything we were doing. came in and police chief and counselor was there and, and some of the administration of the staff and they were in a back room and they invited us in I was praying the whole time just quietly um, how do you have an answer for somebody in, in that situation and uh, he asked us to be there for the staff and, and then the students and honestly I expected us to go into, we went into the media center and um, Derek and I were there and they said there might be some students or some faculty that just want you to you know, just hang out with them and just comfort them and I uh, uh, thought maybe maybe one or two you know, kids will walk in through these doors. And, and we stayed there and just thinking, you know, they probably just need to grieve for a while and figure this out. There was about 180 kids that walked through those doors that were bawling their eyes out, crying, not understanding why, not understanding that their good friend whom they loved got to the place that he was so broke that he had to end it. Um, it broke my heart and, and we stayed there, we prayed with kids, we hugged kids, we we just tried to do whatever we can. There's there's no answers, but there's the relationship aspect. You might not have the answers. You might not even have the answers for your kids. But you gotta realize that you're called as the parent, you're called as the person you have relationships with to add value to those that are in your circle of influence starts with family and it goes bigger than that. Those you work with. You've got to display that to them. They've got to realize there's still hope. They're more connected, that age group today, than ever before and yet have never dealt with mental health issues like this ever. Because what they're realizing is they're missing the value of true, real, authentic relationships. we got to display that to them. Okay? We've got to show that. Last three. Real quick, just Boom, boom, boom. Inheritance starts now, not when you pass. Two, future of your kids starts now, not when they're adults. And the last thing, if you're too busy for your kids now, they'll be too busy for you then. Okay? Just a little, I just wanted to get that out to you. This morning, I ran an errand, and I wanted to pray and look at my notes a little bit here before this morning. And uh, as I'm running errands, you know, there was a gentleman that just wanted to chat. And he's gone through a difficult time as of late. And I thought, God, why are you interrupting my day? I got stuff I got to do. And then God said to me, why are you interrupting my plan? Don't let your agenda interrupt what God wants to do through you and through your life. Whether it's for your kids, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your family, whether it's for those around you. Know that you have value. Know that the others around you want to see that value. Even as a teenager, it might push you off a little bit. Okay? We were all there once. Okay? Realize that God has value in you to share. When you open up that value, you get to receive value from others. You help other people get through stuff. You help other people succeed. It will never diminish the success that God wants for you. It will only add to it. So reach out. Be the light of Christ. Let me pray for you. God, I know there's some heavy hearts here this morning. I know there's people within our community and in our church that have been affected and impacted by those that have said, I give and, and have taken their lives. Lord, be with those families. Be with us. Help us be a life-giving voice in their, in their family however we can. God, I pray for anyone here this morning, no matter their age, if they don't feel valued, would you add value to them somehow today? Would you show them that they're needed, they're wanted, they're desired? They're desired by you, God. If, if their dad never valued them or their mom never showed them or, or they're missing those voices because they've passed away, God, I pray that you would just be the one to speak to them, whether it's your voice or through the voice of other people in their life, that they're loved, they're valued. God, thank you so much for caring us and you meet us right where we need to be met God we give you this day Lord we know that it starts with relationship with you and God just as Josh said this morning you died on that cross giving your life for us we're not deserving of it but you did it freely and when we say yes to you we receive eternal life and so for anybody here this morning that needs to say yes would you just do that right now in your heart and tell them you believe before you leave this place today we pray all this